Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. Am I still calling it the True Blue LA podcast? There's 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 more. We've multiplied. Yeah. Uh, the, funny you should bring that up. <laughs> I actually forgot to. Uh, we were going to talk about um, what to call this episode. This this weekly the normal. Um, oh, before I, I hit record, you wanted the, to do that. Too late. We're doing it yeah, live. No, no, I, I, I completely forgot. But yeah, so as of now, it's the the normal True Blue LA podcast. No, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure out a name uh, at some point. Um, but yeah, so we we have a new podcast. We'll talk about it. But uh, I was distracted because we're doing a rare record during a game right now. Yeah, it feels like we so do like one or two like, of these a year. Yeah, but I think. This might be like the second in like the last couple weeks or something or like two or three weeks, but it's just it's weird. But Not that we would disseminate uh, the the contents of this game. So no, that's we, we don't have express written consent. We have implied oral consent, but we don't have express written consent, so we can't we can't do it. Well, we're going to talk about what our least favorite part of Pennsylvania. We're going to catch you up on the the week past. We have some questions from Craig. All that after this. Welcome back to the uh, soon-to-be-named longer version of the podcast. So is this going to be instead of one of the, these new morning shows, or is this going to be in addition to, Eric? No, yeah, this will be its own thing. It, well, here's here's the sort of... Is this a, is this a selling point? I don't know. It's it's a thing. It's, it's all in the same bucket, right? So if you're already subscribed to us... You don't have to do anything extra. Um, it's all going to come to the same podcast feed. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a morning episode uh, Monday through Friday, so five episodes a week, plus um, this episode, which is once a week, whenever we do it. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and as we've s- seen occasionally, we might do a, uh, an emergency episode, like if the Dodgers sign a you know a former MVP for a six-year contract or something like that. Um, but yeah, this is the normal, like the sort of the standard weekly podcast, uh, different kind of things, but we're going to try some different stuff with the, the morning podcast. Those are more quick hitters, um, some reaction stuff, uh, where we move the Dodgers rewind into the mornings. Um, so it's, we're, we're going to experiment a little bit and figure out what works. Um, we're going to take your suggestions um, a couple people have already sent um, some good notes on that. Probably going to do uh, a few more Q and A's, some mailbag stuff. But yeah, that, that's where we're at. So we started this week, um, yeah, Monday through Friday. Um, leading off with True Blue LA is what we're calling the morning episodes. This is still to be determined. Um, uh, <laughs> the walk off with True Blue LA. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, that we we got. We have a new podcast, but it's the same podcast, just different. That's exciting. Yeah. And I'll be around for at least one of them a week. Yeah. And I would imagine depending on what we do, some stuff we can plan in advance, Um, you know, not to, not to go too far behind the scenes, but some, it's not like every episode is going to be recorded like, and then immediately um, sent out. Some of them are like I recorded, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, the Wednesday morning one that went out, I recorded like after the game on Tuesday night, which which was a late um, thing. But yeah, it, that was a short one. But um, yeah, we'll, we're in the early stages of that. We'll figure it out, and uh, hopefully, it's going to be more uh, listening enjoyment for you. What has and, not been? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, Jay. Sorry. 
What has not been watching enjoyment the past couple of days has been Dodgers baseball. So the Pirates seem to me like they're a pretty good team. Um, they they look formidable. Um, they they keep hitting home runs. They take early leads. Uh, Playing great they, defense. Yeah, exactly. And then um, they have a closer who can been, pitch half a game. <laughs> it's been <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, David Bednar the other night to he gave up the lead and then in the eighth and then uh, Craig Kimball gave up the lead in the ninth and then Bednar stayed in. He threw fifty pitches in two innings and basically withstood like every possible jam uh, at the end. But uh, good stuff. It's funny because so the Dodgers like just were recording this June first. The Dodgers had a really good May. Um, they were twenty and nine. I was looking at this. So obviously April was truncated. Um, and the, the Dodgers were thirteen and seven in April. They lost seven games to the rescheduling. Um, the first week of the season getting lopped off. So it's not one to one, but um, you could see where like it. You can't. They wouldn't. You can't assume, right? They were going to win all seven games. So, I I don't think it's right to say to just not give or not just to give them the benefit of the doubt for April. But counting April as a full month, the Dodgers in the last four baseball months, they've won twenty games three times. So, like, if you just look over a season six months, so that that's you know if you do if you win twenty games every month, you're a hundred and twenty win team and you're the best team ever. So. Obviously, it's harder to do that over a full year. We, we know this. This is not news. I'm just pointing out that 20 wins in a month is really good. It was the best record in the National League. Um, during the month, they widened their division lead. They uh, had by three games at the end of the month, so they were good. However, in that 20-9 and nine record, um, the Dodgers uh, were – they played all of their games this year against the Phillies in May. They played all but one against the Pirates uh, in May. They were four and eight against the, the Pennsylvania teams, and they were sixteen and one against everybody else. So, uh, yeah, like given how both the Phillies and Pirates are playing generally, the Dodgers won't have to I worry about facing them. I think that's been the biggest surprise: is yeah. outside of the outside right. of the last inning of the series in Dodger Stadium, and outside of the series right. in Philadelphia, both the Pirates and the Phillies have played like juggernauts. Oh yeah, exactly. And, and right. obviously, some of that you attributed to Dodgers playing poorly, but a, a lot of it just feels like up until uh, maybe, maybe the fifth inning of uh, Wednesday's game, which may be going on right now. I, I don't know. The Pirates just looked flawless. They just kept, kept executing on every facet of the game. Um, Tacupa de Marcano um, used to be a, he was a Padre last year. Was sent over in the Adam Frazier trade. Uh, he had zero home runs entering the series, and he had, he hit one home run on Monday, and he hit another one on Tuesday. Uh, the Pirates led four nothing in both games. So, however, in fairness to this, right? So the Dodgers again, very strong month. They ended it with the, those two losses to the Pirates. Um, maybe they were distracted. Um, you know, maybe everyone in Major League Baseball was distracted. Now, you know, it, it's it's not like a a bias thing, right? Like every team should have been distracted by what happened over the weekend and, and since then. But I think given that the Dodgers had a, um, I guess an old friend, if you will, uh, involved in the 
kerfuffle, let's call it. Um, I just want to ask you where or when did you first hear of the Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson fantasy football kerfuffle? Uh, it was the I saw a tweet when the players were identified that it was it was uh, Jock so, and so Pham. pretty early, like the, yeah. on Friday. It was on Friday prior guess, to the that word happened. fantasy football being attached to it. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it, 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 I guess one of the best parts about this story is the the sort of trickle of information, yet also like I don't know if you're if it's like a um an entire fire tanks worth of water, um, fire trucks worth of water, but it's somehow like dripping out at a very constant pace and it just keeps coming and keeps coming. Cause there's, seems like there's another layer to it every single day. Um, but, do, um, I guess just, we'll get into the, the details, but okay. So we're, um, five days later now, there's more details that have come out about it. I'll get into the details in a second, but do you have a favorite part of the story so far? I think just it's in general how it's come out so slowly and just little bit by little bit, and it just keeps getting wild and wilder. I would say the hardest I laughed was probably the first post-game presser with Jock Peterson. So, uh, is it, yeah, there was a point in that one. I guess that was on Friday. So just a backstory here. Um, so it, it came out, I guess, a few days later that it was fantasy football related and more. Um, just want to point that out. So keep in mind now, Peterson is on the Giants. Tommy Pham is on the Reds. This was stemming from something last year when um, uh, Peterson was on the Braves and uh, two teams removed, although just a year, from the Dodgers. Um, so, and Pam was on the Padres, uh, this like a fantasy football thing from last season. Um, Tommy Pham was mad about how Jock used injured reserve to stash a player who was, I think, inactive or something. Uh, just, I don't, I haven't played fantasy football in forever. It seems like from what I've read of this, by the letter of the law, it seems like they followed like the ESPN guidelines, but the way Fam told it is that um, it seem it seems like he, he thought Peterson was being a little aggressive, right? And like um, in in sort of exploiting the injury reserve for that. So whatever, that's that's something. However, when you when you take a step back, you're like, it's just a fantasy football league. But then you you realize this is like a, a fantasy football league with um, a bunch of like millionaires in, in baseball and um, the buy-in for the fantasy league was $10,000. And then there was another, uh, the last place team had to pay an extra $10,000 if you finish last. So, um, so fam was mad about that. Um, this is, uh, what Tommy fam told, I believe on Saturday after the suspension was announced. So fam got suspended by major league baseball for three games. He didn't, it was basically that entire series against, he didn't play Friday. The suspension came down Saturday. It counted, Friday's missed game as part of the suspension. Um, the, that's you're right. Like the, so, the best part about this is, is just generally how it's come out, but also both sides' willingness to just talk and keep talking, like just keep adding to it. But this is from um, C. Trent Rosecrans at the Athletic on Saturday. Uh, Tommy Pham told him, uh, "I looked at, I looked at it like he was fucking with my money, along with the disrespect." 
Now, the disrespect uh, comes into the, the the sort of Dodgers Padres uh, rivalry part. Um, so, at some point, um, and this this was on the second pregame session, I guess, like the next day, I want to say Saturday, um, where Jock brought receipts, as the kids say, and he had his phone. And he was, he showed the GIF that he and he put to the, to the group text. Um, it, there was uh, three weightlifters. This has been shared around since then uh, with labels. One uh, is Giants, one's Dodgers, and the other's Padres. They're on like a sort of a makeshift podium, uh, lifting a huge weight. The, the Dodgers and the Giants um, get their weights up, and then the, the Padres one the weight, like they collapse under the weight, uh, which is basically an allusion to last year's total collapse by the Padres. And um, as you might imagine, Fam was, uh, he was angry about that and he held it with him for a long time. And uh, he basically (laughs) said like, like he he told him he was going to like slap him next time he saw him. And then he, next time he saw him, he slapped him. Uh, But then, so, Okay, so before we get into the, the extra part that sort of came today, my favorite part of the whole thing, I think, is more understated. It's It, it was the, it was also that first Peterson post-game press conference where he's like, first of all, Jock is, has the most deadpan delivery ever. Um, he's basically going over, like, the entire, like, fantasy football rules um, and, and, like, very intricate details, but just <laughs> delivering it like it's a he's like a, um, a court stenographer or something, you know, like just just absolutely incredible detail, but like no emotion whatsoever. Just, and it's just really funny. But then sort of they were asking him like what um, I, I think it was John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle asked him, where were you hit uh, on the cheek? And then Peterson kind of cracked at that point, And he's just. And he just started laughing and he's like, yeah, like, you know, just so, yep, on the cheek. And then like, it was just like this little funny moment of levity and like, it's so absurd, right? I mean, obviously like, you know, you're getting slapped, not cool. Obviously that's, that's, that's one thing, but it's just like, it just seems it just like a hilarious thing generally out, you know, the slap, not cool. Everything else about it. Pretty cool. Like Jock just took it. Um, you know, didn't escalate. It didn't really, nothing really happened after that. Um, the video came out. Oh, that was an, another underrated thing. What was it? The video was by a local Cincinnati radio station, the big jab. It was the <laughs> name, which is just how perfect is it like, a, uh, yeah, everything about this is just ridiculous. But so, but I, I texted you like on Saturday because it was like trickling out then and I said, we're going to get like a new detail every day until we record our podcast be- just to make it more exciting. And it kind of happened that way. And I didn't obviously didn't expect that, but it was just really funny. But to- today, or I guess Tuesday, um, fam, like open up a little more about it because he, he. OK, so there's a couple things about this. So it seems like every interview with fam, he like very pointedly w- says like and I, you know, uh, I didn't, or he said, Jock Peterson only gave this one side of the story. I didn't like that. You can, you could tell that's just him, like sort of laying down like Tommy Pham's law. It sounds like, you know, and, um, but uh, it's it just really funny. And then, uh, but then 
talking about the fantasy football league in itself, he, uh, I guess Mike Trout was the commissioner. And so Mike Trout, (laughs) not involved at all in any of this. And then Tommy Pham just goes, Trout did a terrible job. And this is also from, oh, this is from an Andy McCullough article. This is actually in both Andy McCullough's article and C. Trent. I believe that it was with Reds reporters. So C. Trent, uh, Rosecrans had it. But Trout did a terrible job, man. Trout's the worst commissioner in fantasy sports because he allowed a lot of shit to go on and could have solved it all. So that this is all happening Tuesday. The the Angels go to Yankee Stadium to start a series, um, or I guess to they're in they're they're in Yankee Stadium and they're they had already scheduled like a Mike Trout press conference because I guess you know it's Mike Trout. It's in New York. They generally try to plan that stuff ahead of time to. Um, you know, sort of get all those reporters like a, some sort of access to, to him. And this happened before the fantasy football stuff came out. So, of course, everyone today wanted to talk about fantasy football and Trout's like, oh, God. So he didn't really want to talk about him. Andy McCullough wrote about this. But and then eventually he just kind of did a little bit. But the best part is like how you talk about how Jock was like just like solemnly like t- telling the tale of like the fantasy football rules and stuff. But um, Trout eventually said, this is the quote from Trout, or one of them. Tommy, everybody who was involved in that is very passionate about fantasy football. A lot of people put their hearts into it. I do too. I lost that league. (laughs) Now, I I haven't seen the video of this. I read that as he lost it as a commissioner, like he let it get away. But he, on second reading... I realize it could have been that he just lost, like he didn't finish first, you know, but like, it's funnier the other way, obviously, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it seems like there's something new every day on this. And so I love it. And it, it, there's no Dodgers involved other than the fact that it, you know, Jock's a former Dodger, but it's just, it's hilarious. So look, if any team goes on a long losing streak, they're probably just all laughing about the Jock fam thing. And they're wondering like, okay, we don't want to, if we have the Reds coming up, don't text Tommy Pham or, to piss him off or something like that. So, you know, that's that's sort of the, the rule. But, yeah, it was it's one of the most bizarre stories I've ever seen. It's one of the funnier stories I've ever seen. And good stuff. I love it. Getting back to real news for a little bit uh, before uh, you quiz me with some sort of, I'm guessing, Tommy Pham related trivia question. And Maybe. by guessing, I mean, I'm not guessing because I, I looked ahead. Yeah, but we have uh, some injury updates. Uh, I think, and yeah. mostly good news. I think coming up from for the most for the most part. Before I get into the injury updates, because I mentioned the Dodgers had a very strong May. Um, the, the strongest uh, person in May for the Dodgers was Mookie Betts. He scored thirty one runs. He hit um, twelve home runs in the month. Um, he has fifteen home runs on the season. He leads the the National League with fifteen home runs. Do you know who ranks second on the Dodgers right now in home runs entering Wednesday? Edwin Rios? It is Edwin Rios. Nice. Uh, see? I see I got the trivia question right early. This is great. I, There's I, no I, more trivia of the day. That's, yeah. Mark it down as say, a success. I will say the order I came up with these questions, this was first, and it was not related to the fact that the, the next one I'm going to ask you is a, it's it's ridiculously hard, um, <laughs> so like it just it just sort of happened organically. But uh, yeah, that's good times. But anyway, yeah, that's where we're at. Okay, injury update. Okay, so give me, give me some um, good news here. 
the reason uh, Rios has been getting more playing time, a part of it at least, uh, it, it, not all of it because he, he started to get more playing time when the Dodgers stopped. They had like seven straight games against lefties and he didn't really start. But um, Max Muncy um, was not hitting and then sort of uh, aggravated his uh, left elbow uh, on a play in, in, against the netting in Washington. And then he went on the injured list last week. It sounds like that's going to take like a couple weeks. Um, it probably just sort of a chance to reset. They, they talked about um, Cody Bellinger. Uh, we're recording this again on Wednesday. He's missed all three games. He, I guess he's technically available as a pinch hitter. My guess is he's not going to play in this game at all. I will, uh, he has not, def- not to, uh, give any details, but I believe he's playing center field right now. Oh, they already, they brought I think, him in. I okay. think Kevin Pilar got taken out. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Well, I stand corrected, but he yeah. didn't start. Um, <laughs> Correct. but yeah, so, um, the, the theory was before the game that he's going to start um, the first game against the Mets on Thursday. So, but yeah, he, he's missed three games in a row. But so outside of that, the Dodgers position player wise have been like mostly healthy all year. So Muncie was, is the first one to go on the injury list. They've, the, the injuries have all been on the pitching side. You know, um, we talked about that last week, sort of the, the pitching crunch. And we, we sort of prefaced ahead of time that, the planned reduction to 13 pitcher uh, maximum, 13 pitcher limit, I guess, was supposed to go into effect Monday. Although we said they could very well agree to extend it, which they did. Um, so we're, it's three more weeks of that uh, 14 pitchers. So uh, there's that. But then also uh, the Dodgers, two sort of starting pitchers who are hurt, uh, Andrew Heaney and Clayton Kershaw. There's like, Heaney's supposed to start a rehab assignment in Oklahoma City. Now, he hasn't pitched since um, mid-April. Kershaw pitched uh, in early May. So his rehab assignment is TBD. I mean, in in terms of location, it's probably going to be this weekend. But um, earlier in this this Wednesday game, um, Kirsten Watson on Sportsnet LA sort of gave a summary of the pregame stuff and was saying um, that (laughs) Kershaw was antsy. He was getting antsy about like you know wanting to pitch now they're not going to rush him obviously we talked about last week about how the Dodgers have some off days coming up so they don't they don't need to rush either guy and then they don't really need like another guy until about three weeks from now you know maybe maybe one or one or two of them are ready in about two weeks perhaps but like I don't suspect that Kershaw is going to bully his way back onto the roster just like with like limited to no rehab. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, that that's sort of where they're at. So yeah, it, like I said, pretty decent news. Now, uh, I will say the uh, Tyler Anderson, Tony Gonsolin have been great. Um, and then they've been getting sort of fill in fifth starter Mitch White pitched tonight. He's been okay. He almost got through five innings, allowing only one run, but then he allowed a walk and a two run homer in the fifth. So, you know, just sort of what you'd sort of expect from like, I guess a fifth starter. So they only have to do use a fifth starter one more time until uh, one of uh, Kershaw and Heaney are ready. So it's not dire just yet, but uh, so I think they're going to probably take their time with that. But yeah, um, I do have a Tommy fam uh, trivia question for you. All right. Uh, he has three career home runs against the Dodgers. True. Now they've come. We, yep, you did it. <laughs> yeah, there. So um, they've he hit one with as a member of the Cardinals, one with the Rays, and one with the Padres. 
can you name the three different pitchers he hit off hit those home runs off of? I'll guess some names of pitchers that were on the Dodgers. I will, I will give you the years. Oh, that's when, not going to help. Once, once we get there. It will help. Uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, all that after yeah. this. All of that. Just that. Answer. I'm going to answer the question and the podcast is over. After this. All right. Who are the three pitchers that Tommy Pham hit home runs off of as but, uh, Dodger but, pitchers? Before, but before I give you years, I will say uh, only one of these pitchers is still on the Dodgers. Okay. Is the pitcher that is still on the Dodgers Clayton Kershaw? No. Okay. Is the I'll give you the years. All right. Go ahead and give me the years. What, Cardinals was 2016. Okay. Rays was 2019. Uh, Padres was 2020. Okay. If it helps, the, the game against the Padres in 2020, uh, Mookie Betts had three home runs. That doesn't help. Not, not if it brings up, you're like, oh, yeah, so-and-so pitched that day or something. I don't know. Maybe, I didn't know. You never know what, what yeah, your brain yeah. is going to trigger. No, at this point, my memory's gone. Yep. Is the pitcher still on the Dodgers? <laughs> Walker Bueller. Nope. Hmm. I'll give you one more hint. Um, or I'll, I'll give you more, but um, the <laughs> thanks. An, another hint besides the pitcher, non Dodgers, only one of these pitchers, uh, one of the other two is still pitching in the majors. All right, I'm going to give myself three more strikes, and then I'm just going to hand, hand up the hat. Kenta Maeda. Uh, no. Strike. <laughs> Uh, see, right? We should. We need to. We need to add in more, more uh, sound bites. Uh, Rich Hill. Bingo on 2019. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, that was looking at this in Tampa, or I guess technically St. Pete, but at the Trop. Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, no. Okay. So one more strike. Um, oh, sorry. Swing in a minute. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Oh, before we get into it, did you, have you seen, I will put this in the show notes, but did you see, uh, so Steven Strasburg did a rehab assignment the other day. Um, and there was a clip going around the, whoever the minor league announcer was, I, I forgot his name, but he was like using every, he like emptied the book uh, uh, on every possible like cliche. He was just like the most over the top. Like uh, he was trying out like every possible line on strikeouts. It was hilarious. I will, I will drop this in the show notes. It's, it's very, very funny. All right. Last guest just for I fun. You, sorry. Uh, actually real quick. Is it a reliever or a starter? Yep. Is it a reliever? Uh, uh, all they're all starters. They're all starters. Uh oh, I had I had a, a litany of of relievers lined up in my head. Uh, so it needs to be. Uh, wait, hold on. I said there has to be someone still on the Dodgers. <laughs> Look at that, right? What, you're one of them still on the Dodgers, yeah. But I've uh, I uh, oh right, I haven't gotten two yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, one one of them pitched last year. For a team that's not the Dodgers, but is not, to my knowledge, pitching with anyone this Tony Gonsolin, an an Olympian is the other one. Um, no. All right, that was my three strikes. 
year out. Uh, okay, so <laughs> um, so 2016 against the Cardinals, Scott Casimir, who sort of made a comeback uh, last year yep. with actually, I'm trying to think. Am I? I have to, I wanted to double check myself because like years run together very very much they're like okay no it was last year that he pitched with the with the Giants his his first time back in the majors since after 2016 uh 2020 home run uh Julio Urias okay so yeah <laughs> I was running out of options did, for that you got so. Rich Hill. <laughs> um, um, exactly exactly yeah and you know I I said all of that after the podcast but we do have one more segment of course we know what it is Yay. it's time for with jeans and Greg. we love them all right craig's got some trivia for you are you ready we love it oh sorry i was a little late the mets have only played the dodgers in their 60-year history at dodger stadium so this week's trivia is about the their history at chavez ravine Note that the first three parts are from 1962 to 2021. The last one is in the Jacob slash wild card era. You ready? I I like, well, okay. I just want to point out that you added wild card era. I want to make sure, a, you know, there I, may I'm be new listeners who have humility. no idea what that means. Craig, Craig, Craig in his notes, just, just wrote in the Jacob era, but then he defined it 1995 to 2021. So I'm sorry to inform everybody. We're no longer in the Jacob era. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> 2022, Dunzo. It's no more. No more Jacob era. Sorry, Jacob. Six Mets. I hated for you to have to find out this way. <laughs> <laughs> six Mets have hit six or more home runs in their careers at Dodger Stadium. Who are these guys in blue and orange? Oh God. Okay. Um, so let's just go with some of the rolling with the hits here. Um, um, Daryl Strawberry. Er, only five. What? I'm, I'm Strike irrationally one. angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, hoisted by my own petard. Um, uh, even though I think his time there was brief, just because I can't remember, he one of those three home run games might have been with the Mets. I'm going to go Dave Kingman. With nine home runs. Nine. Okay, great. I don't remember. I think the three I think the Kingman's performance game was when he was with the Cubs, but I could be wrong on that. But uh I'm stalling. Um so what about um Howard Johnson? Nope, strike two. I just wanted to bring him up to point out that I was obsessed with 3030 guys in the 80s cuz people stole a lot back then and like power speed guys it was like a huge time in the late 80s for that and he was one of those guys and he was really good and then I um the first fantasy league I ever played was in 1991 it was just me and like four or five of my friends and we had a very rudimentary system I believe the um, it was a point system. Uh, every at bat, I remember this. Every at bat was minus one. Every hit was four. So if you go one for four, it evens out at zero. And then there were points for uh, runs, RBIs, home runs, possibly doubles, and then steals. And just about everyone I drafted that year um, went from like they just 
went from like super productive players to crap, and including Howard Johnson that year, and he just completely fell off the face of the earth. But he was really awesome for a while. But that was uh, just me stalling um, and not remembering more recent. Let's go with um, oh, did he play long enough or did he get hurt? Let's just go David Wright. That's it. You got wow. one. Uh, Ugh, I was going to give you a hint of only one of these players is still being paid by the Mets, but I actually don't know if that's true uh, in that Bobby, Bobby Bonilla. Bonilla. But uh, Mike yeah. Piazza is also on this list, and I was like, oh, does maybe he might have like some contract with them that I'm not positive about. No, I don't, I'm pretty sure. I'll look it up. Special assistant. If they did, if he, if he did have a con- if he did have a contract with him, then the Dodgers could like withhold payment until he agrees to have his number retired. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Uh, Edgardo Alfonso and Kevin McReynolds. Uh. I almost went with Kevin McReynolds, damn it. All right. One okay. Times. Five Mets have scored 20 or more runs at Dodger Stadium. Can Eric name these scoring Metropolitans? Oh, nice. I love I love the use of Metropolitans there. Um, 20 or more runs, Dodger Stadium. I'm going back to the well, even though I was wrong the first time. Daryl Strawberry? Uh, Daryl Strawberry only had 17, so strike one. Kevin McReynolds uh, only had 17 strike two. <laughs> Janice Ian. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fun joke. Um, so I don't know why this is stumping me so much. Like why? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going back to the well. Howard Johnson. Howard Johnson I'm with stumping. 23. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know why I'm like blocking it. Let's. I'll go again though. With let's go, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla is not on my list, so you That's missed. Um, yeah, uh, Keith Hernandez, Edgardo <sighs> Alfonso. Yeah. All right. Cleon Jones and Mookie Wilson. Mm. Uh, Mookie was in there. I knew it. I didn't know. <laughs> on the mound, five Mets starting pitchers have struck out fifty or more Dodgers. Who are these strikeout mess met Metsters? <laughs> Metsters. <Ooh. laughs> um, so I assume I don't know the exact numbers, but I assume Tom Seaver has roughly seven thousand strikeouts against the Dodgers. <laughs> Ninety-five, but still, he's a correct yeah. guess. Um, and then uh, Dwight Gooden. Dwight Gooden, uh, you're going in order so far with 78. Um, and then let's try to think of like a what about Ron Darling? Uh, not on my list. Sid Fernandez? Sid Fernandez with 54 in fourth place. Uh, okay. Um, Jerry Kuzman? In third place with 60. So you're missing fifth place, who has 50 on the dot. Hmm. Um, is it... Oh, couldn't, he didn't pitch that well. And uh, Ron Darling was on my list, but with 28. So it's still not a correct answer. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't... I'm just going to say Jacob deGrom. John Matlack. Ah. With 50 on the dot. In the Jacob era, six Mets pitchers have given up five or more home runs against the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine. 
None of the pitchers play for the current Mets. That's your hint. Huh. Okay. Um, well, let's go uh, Zach Wheeler. Uh, Zach Wheeler with five on the dot in two games. Um, oof. Um, okay. 95. Um, Al Leiter? With five. In five games. Just picking off all the, the fibers. Um, let's see. Uh, late Tom Glavin? Correct. Five wow. rounds in four games. Um, so I need three more? Yep. Oh, boy. Um, this is difficult. Um, what about... Oh man, um, why can't I think of his name? Um, new. No. Oh, um, John Neese. Nope. Um. Oh, um, Noah Syndergaard. Nope. So let's go back to. Hmm. Um. Nope. Wasn't there long enough? Um. Trying to think. In. Your ranges yeah. are ninety-five through ninety-six, ninety-five through two thousand, and two thousand seven to two thousand ten. So I don't. I don't have the two thousand seven, two thousand ten one. Correct. Um, 2007. Hmm. Wait, uh, Pedro? Uh, no. Pedro gave up only okay, three. Okay, I'm out. Yep. Pete Harnish? Harnish? Ah. Bobby Jones and Ollie Perez. Bobby M. Jones? Uh, 95 to 2000. They you had, tell me. They had... Mm, all right. They had two Bobby Jones around that time. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can give you a... Uh, baseball reference does not give me middle names. How am I supposed to know the difference, Eric? Wait, yeah, should. Uh, it just says right. Bobby Jones. Wait, more That's info. weird. More info. Born. Full name. No. Uh, Robert J. Jones. There you go. Okay. The other one is Robert Mitchell Jones, <laughs> and he 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 only pitched twelve games in relief for the oh no I uh, twenty three games in relief for the Mets two year two different years. Before both Muncie and Bellinger went out with some injury issues, Dodgers were approaching the one third mark with those two players still behind their past performance standard. The Dodgers are still winning, so assuming they are back on the field soon, when does their overall offense stagnation become an issue for the twenty twenty two Dodgers? Um, yeah, I mean, I, so it's, it's, it's less with Bellinger. There, there's sort of factors for both Bellinger. You, you don't need as much because of the defense, right? Like he's, he's really, really good in center field. So you take anything close to average, if not better. Um, and he's still, that's a valuable player. 
Muncie, a little different. Um, it's it's weird because he's still walking. Now, the issue too with him is like, is you know, you never know what exactly the ball is doing at any given time, and is it a matter of him not adjusting his style, not hitting it as hard, uh, just missing? Because he he like Bellinger's strikeout rate is up from normal. Um, so that's concerning. Muncie's is not as bad. Um, so it's not like he's getting co- totally overmatched. He's just like having terrible results now. He he says the elbow wasn't affecting, although I think he's just being a little stubborn there. Um, so maybe the reset helps him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it gets to the point where because re- look back at like 2020, right? Like he it was kind of the same thing. I think he ended up hitting 190 something overall, but obviously he was walking a lot and he was super patient. And then like during the playoffs, he was basically really good. Um, and especially at like lengthening the lineup, taking a lot of pitches and like just making it very, very difficult. Totally. Now it gets to a point where and they started doing this the last week or so, but like you don't have to, you don't have to start Muncie batting fourth or fifth every day you know, if it gets to that, but like, they're certainly going to get a lot of rope. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to probably take as much time as he needs to sort of rest and get a reset on the elbow. So, but you're, you're still looking at like, you know, they're, they're some it, like they'll know by mid July, like the all-star break basically. And then at that point it's like, and even then I don't, they're not, I don't think it's necessarily panic, but, but then, if it's at a point where neither one of those guys are still producing, maybe they're more aggressive getting an offensive player at the trade deadline or something like that, just to bring in an extra bat and figure out what to do with it after that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like panic mode or anything like that. The NBA finals start on Thursday. And while it isn't essential viewing for myself, I don't want the Celtics to win their 18th NBA championship this year. I was trying to think of another team in any other sport where I feel this way, and I can't think of ones that I not want to win a specific championship beside the Boston Celtics. Do you two have any teams that you are happy when they are eliminated from winning the title in their sport? I think Notre Dame should disband as a college. Um, So, yeah. No, it's not not that bad. But, yeah, I don't want Notre Dame to ever win, ever. Um, I think they are are worse – they're they're further along the spectrum than the Celtics, but yeah, I I will note. And Craig noted he didn't want the Celtics to win their 18th NBA championship this year. I don't want them to ever win their 18th <laughs> NBA championship. <laughs> so just to, to clear that up, but yeah, the no Celtics never they're out. Uh, you know the the Tom Brady Patriots were this team for me for a very, very long time, but that ship's kind of sailed. He just won so much. Like what's another, it's another drop in the bucket at this point, whether, whether it's the Patriots uh, or uh, now the bucks. Um, And other than that, not really, you know, the, the, you know, the giants kind of, I guess would probably be the closest, but I don't know. I ain't got time to be dwelling in negativity. That's, that's kind of where I am at too. Like it's to a point, right? I'm not, I'm not sitting over here like, Oh my God, this, the Celtics can't win or else it's going to be terrible. Like, you know, <laughs> if they win, whatever, like if they, but like, uh, just to give you an idea that like, so I think part of it was because 2009 was also when I started, um, blogging full time at, at true blue LA or not. I was still working at the time, but I, I was also writing every day. 
and so uh, I don't know if it was just like lack of time to like commit to basketball. I was still like following the Lakers and stuff, but they won the championship that year against the Orlando Magic in the finals. And I was watching it at my nephew's house, game five. And then I remember I didn't feel anything when they won. I was just like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, is this it now? Like, you know, like, is this how it's going to be? Fast forward to the next year, 2010, when they played the Celtics, who they, who they had lost to the two years before. And they won that game in game seven, a very tight, very ugly game seven. And... I literally did the Toyota Oh What a Feeling jump um, <laughs> at the end of that game when the when they were going to win. So they the Celtics rekindled my my lust for a championship apparently. But yeah, like it's this. I don't know. It was it was seemingly involuntary, just how it happened. But it was it made me laugh because I I was thinking about it. So yeah, that's that's where the Celtics are for me. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman have been first and second in runs scored for the Dodgers in both April and May in 2022. For the contest, one of you can have Betts and Freeman in runs scored in June, and the other one will get the next three Dodgers plus Austin Barnes. For just Whoa. the past month, Betts scored 31 runs and Freeman has was second with 20. The next three were Lux, Taylor, and Trey Turner with 48, 48 scored between them. Austin Board scored eight runs in May to give them 56 runs. So again... Betts and Freeman, or the next three run scorners and Barnes. Um, I will let you choose if you want. I will take thinking. I'm going to take Betts and Freeman. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to also take... No, I'm just kidding. I'll take take the next... What if we just blew up the system? No. um, Yeah, that's, uh, that's creative. I like it. All All right, right. final question. Friday is National Donut Day, so this week's food question is if you could only have one style of donut for the rest of your life, would it be a raised donut, like a classic glazed version, a cake donut, like those frosted with sprinkles, an old-fashioned or buttermilk style, or the jelly-filled donut? For myself, I choose an old-fashioned because some glazed donuts are a little too sweet. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, donuts. Um, So my my favorite... Um, is uh, the old fashions are really good. I love them, but my favorite is um, a vanilla cruller. Sure, or is it cruller? Cru- yeah, I think um, cruller is what I say. Yeah, yeah, because it yeah, it's crueler when they run out. Um, so <sighs> maple bars are up there. They're really good. Yeah, I like. Um, I I I like the I I go either way. Like I I like I think I like the cream filled more than jelly but also i like lemon filled too like they're they're all great right like it's just like this obviously it's a sugar bomb but like yeah i i the the cooler is is the best for me um i I was never like the the cake donuts are okay but they they're they don't hit the same they're not as like light and fluffy as the the cruller or the maple bar or even the old fashioned, like it's just a better consistency for me. Um, I'm trying to think I I'm, I'm certain I'm like probably missing a type, but like, yeah, th- th- that's where I'm at. Um, so the, the sort of local donut shop here in Lawrence Munchers has a, their specialty <laughs> is both a 
cream cheese and a strawberry cream cheese where it's just a oh square and it's filled it is frosted with a cream cheese frosting but then it's filled with the cream cheese frosting as well uh, and that wow that has is really spectacular uh so that whatever that is may end up taking my cake i have to give a shout out to blue star donuts in portland which uh they their apple fritter is was one of the best things oh, i've ever had apple fritters are wonderful yeah i love apple fritters. and this had like yeah. it was almost like an apple cider fritter that like just had this kind of like Ooh. brightness to it it was just really really good uh so uh yeah. I, you mentioned the 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 one donut um that was square and it got, got me thinking about wendy's hamburgers for some reason sure now i I've never been like a fan of like it's. I guess it's more like a like a fair food or something where you basically someone has like a donut burger where the donuts are the bun. Like that's too much for me. Yeah. Like it's, it's like it, it, those probably things shouldn't be combined. I will eat a hamburger and a donut like together, but not not <laughs> not, not together together. You know, like uh, yeah, it's that's that's too much. But I, that made me think like. How hilarious that would be! You're like, well, we got these square patties from Wendy's. Let's, <laughs> let's jam them together. Oh, see what we got. But uh, well, yeah. that's that's our that's episode. Yeah. I love it. Uh, go out there, eat uh, eat a dozen donuts. Uh, uh, enjoy. By the time you're listening to this, the Dodgers won't have to play the Pirates nor the Phillies anymore this year. So celebrate until with they, a dozen donuts until they face uh, the Pirates in the NLCS. Well, yeah, no question. Obviously. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll talk to you next week with our NLCS preview: Dodgers versus Pirates. Thanks for listening, everybody. 